Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, you know, in the midst of all this shutdown, there still is a little bit of good news out there. We have a glimmer of hope, and we're trying to focus on positives. We right? are. Realists. We are. We are. And the Masters. The Masters yeah. is still on. That's, that's and that's not, even, that's not even what I was going to say. I was first oh. going to say my <laughs> golf course is still open. Oh, it's, <laughs> Thank right. goodness. I was so scared that we're going to shut down the golf course, you know, but I can still go doing the social distancing yeah. thing, not touching anything. I will tell you that I've hit more golf balls in the last three weeks than I have in probably the last year so has everybody else because yeah. it is really hard to get a tea time i yeah. mean everybody's like this is the only thing i can do yeah so they're like everybody's showing up and it's it course has been packed been they had to, to get the range they and... had to get extra carts at the course i was at you know because everybody could only have the one one person per cart good thing that's essential that is very essential in my <laughs> world yeah and the masters, and the masters, is masters on, in november like said that's absolutely right. absolutely so hey golf. so there are some silver linings out there but yeah, I mean, we're in some, uh, you know, very interesting times here. What can we say? Um, so we're going to dig right into that. You know, we're going to keep talking about, you know, the COVID. So the first thing we're going to talk about is markets after COVID-19. What does that look like, John? What what might the markets look like going forward, you know, as we seem to be maybe reaching a peak, maybe maybe getting on the other side of this with a little light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and then we're also going to stay on that theme and, and what to do if you're out of work. I mean, uh, you know, last week there were 10 million folks that were unemployed and that number's increasing on a daily basis as businesses are having to adjust and shut down. So there's some things that um, you can take a look at if you're in that situation uh, you know, stay with us, or maybe you know someone who is out there in this situation. And this is not really the stimulus-related uh, conversation. It's more of what you can do from a personal finance standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Very important information. There's a lot of people that need that advice today. I know several people personally who are at least partially unemployed. Um, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro with over 25 years' experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, a Dave Ramsey Certified Counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcast up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to all the podcasts, and I guess this is the fourth week in a row we've done the yeah, the coronavirus type yep. discussion yep. has been going on for a little while now, but we also have hundreds of other podcasts on all kind of topics, long-term care, educational plan, and you name it, and it's out there. So go check out the website. And we also have a Facebook page as well that we do a weekly prescription of the week. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear from you as well. You can link to us there off our website and send us your <laughs> questions. But we're going to start off here, John, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the uh, Charles Schwab organization. They did a survey back in February. And Steve, about 60% of Americans surveyed admitted that they live paycheck to paycheck and they were unable to consistently put money away for uh, an emergency or for retirement. Now, Dave Ramsey says it's closer to 78. So, you know, it's between 60 and 80% of people, um, <clears throat> and they're caught up into this now. And so absolutely, that's where this, this stimulus, um, you know, package was so important to get cash in people's hands. And so when we do recover from this, 
so important to get that emergency fund funded. So we don't know when the next you know situation is going to happen. This is very unusual, but unusual things happen all the time. Cars breaking, people losing jobs and so forth. Yeah, that's right. And that's unfortunate. I mean, with 59% of folks, you know, that are that are living paycheck to paycheck, that means that they're the ones that are going to be absolutely killed through this, you know, whenever yeah. they're, if they get furloughed. Um, and you got to think, you know, there's probably a third of those that, that really are having their income, mm-hmm. you know, drastically affected by this. So they're going to be hurting. So that's why it's so important. You got to get that emergency fund. You got to get in a position to where you you have three to six months of expenses put back so that you can weather a storm like this. Um, I know this is one we nobody saw coming, but at the same time, um, you know, there are going to be other things. Things do break and, and people do get laid off and, you know, you have bills mm-hmm. from sickness yeah. and things like that. So got to make that step one in your foundation. That is fundamental in your foundation, in your uh, planning. No doubt about it. All right, John. Well, we're going to continue on with this COVID-19, you know, bear market topic again this week as, you know, we're rounding out week four. Um, I know it it seems like it's been six months, but, you know, it's only been four weeks since the World Health Organization declared a pandemic, you know, across the world and the U.S. started partial shutdowns. Um, It's amazing how quickly this crisis has developed, John. I mean, you know, despite all in the media who would claim that, you know, we should have seen this coming, you know, back in January and February. I mean, no one really called it at this extent. Right. I mean, when you look back at the articles and the news footage, um, you know, there were no shutdowns before mid-March. And, you know, even even uh, people well respected, you know, in the media like Dr. Fauci, um, who had, uh, he just said on March the 15th that travel restrictions in the United States, such as to and from the hard hit Washington state and California probably would not be needed anytime soon. <laughs> that was yeah. just three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and he's, if you recognize him and he's the doctor and the kind of the face of reason that we see on those daily briefings, um, that everybody likes conservatives and liberals alike. You know, he's a great guy, but again, he didn't see it coming, you know, and he couldn't have, I mean, who, who did even three weeks ago? Um, so I find it humorous when people in the media, you know, talk like, you know, we should have seen this coming a mile back in February. I mean, we only had three weeks ago, we had 50 deaths back then. Um, no one really thought that we were going to follow the path of Italy and we were going to have a huge outbreak across the entire nation. And of course, you know, things absolutely exploded from there and, and, uh, really everyone has changed their tune. So here we are three weeks later. Uh, unfortunately we have over 10,000 deaths and, uh, in the U S alone and it's approaching, you know, half a million cases. And the good news is it looks like maybe we're, we're at or nearing the peak of new infections. So the obvious question is, is, well, where does the economy and the stock market go from here? So we're going to dig into that and see if we can explore some of the range of possibilities. And to do that, we're going to talk about history. But, uh, you know, as we always say, past performance does not guarantee future results. We don't know the timing of these events, but we're just looking back at history a little bit. We can understand that and see where we go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is totally unpredictable, but I mean, hopefully we are on the downhill side of this pandemic. And for discussion purposes, let's assume that we are, um, since, you know, the alternative would be depressing, to say the least. So let's assume that we really are kind of past the peak here. And if we are, then, I mean, you can go back and look at 
um, some other countries like South Korea, for instance, and some of the other countries to see how they fared in the coming weeks with the infections. And, you know, South Korea really is the brightest example. Um, And in one week past their peak, heck, infections were down from over 800 per day to less than 100 per day um, once they peaked. And, you know, that's a country, though, that never really had a shutdown. They didn't shut down everything. Um, But they did a great job of isolating the outbreak and just shutting down the affected cities. Um, But Germany, you know, might be a more relevant example for us at this point since they they had a complete shutdown and their infections um, since they peaked are are just over half of what they were about one week ago um, at their peak. Um, So that might be a good kind of a good barometer to look at. Um, if the new infections continue dropping, like in Germany, I think it's conceivable that the infections uh, would be very low um, just three weeks after the peak. Um, and that would put us about the end of April, <clears throat> where we might be able to see some easing of the restrictions on businesses. You know, I mean, of course, the worst example that we have by far is Italy, which peaked about two and a half weeks ago, you know, as of the date we're doing this recording, John, and, um, you know, they're still around half of their high-level mark for new infections. So if we follow that path, I suspect the complete, you know, we're going to be completely shut down for a bit longer than the end of April. Um, All that said, hopefully we are past our peak and we can get um, to a greatly reduced level by the end of the month where we can start easing some of the travel restrictions and the business restrictions. And I think there's a good chance that that's the case, you know, based on the examples that we see out there. So what does that mean for the stock market? Obviously, no one knows, right? Uh, that's very uncertain. And as much as we'd like to to point to last month's low and say that we're already well on our way to a recovery, really think it depends on the, the um, timeline for reopening the economy. So <clears throat> markets d- definitely appear, you know, focused on the uh, every indication of how long this might be. We've had some some good days this week, and uh, we'll see if that continues. But it certainly appears that markets may have bottomed, and the bottom at this point was on May the 23rd. But uh, this is also very uncertain and could change if infections get worse or we start seeing major corporations fail. And, of course, the market knows there'll be some small businesses that will fail like in any recession. And as it stands, uh, we, we're, we're pretty optimistic that we've already hit the bottom uh, where markets you know, could – could already be in this, the uh, early stages of a slow recovery, but no one knows. We don't know if we're going to go back and test those lows or not, but we think that's likely if the infections continue on a good path like we see in, in Germany and, and South Korea. So, you know, 323 seems like uh, ages ago, but, uh, yeah. man, just like a week and a half. Yeah, a week and a half ago. I mean, that was a real low point there. The Dow was down to like 18,000. Um, you know, of course, you know, there's there's obviously the other possibility that things do get worse as a result of this pandemic and take longer to control, um, you know, and another you know possible reason uh, it could last longer is simply that the economy has suffered more damage than we can see at this point. And you can't really tell how much damage is to had been has been done to the underlying economy. Um, but again, I, I think that's unlikely since there is so much stimulus that's starting to flow into the economy and small businesses as a result of the CARES Act that was passed with the unprecedented level of support. Um, so if infections, <clears throat> um, you know, do continue to follow the path that we've seen, they seem to be on with a slow recovery, 
and we can start to open up some parts of the economy back up in a month, then I, I feel pretty good that the damage is going to be temporary. Um, having said that, you know, that's obviously a very unpredictable situation. You know, nobody really knows. But if we're on the road to recovery in terms of the infections and the stock market, then how long might it take for markets to get back to the highs that we were at in February? Um, you know, that's kind of the, the big question that, that we seem to be getting from clients. And again, this is total speculation based on history, but it's worth explain, exploring the range of possibilities. Um, we hear clients who often tend to be pessimistic and think, and they tend to imagine that it'll take many years to fully recover, um, even get close to recovery. Um, it could be five or 10 years out there. Um, and yet that's really not what history shows from many of the bear markets that we see in history. History shows that it can take, um, uh, it, it can, it's really all over the spectrum um, when you look at history. History shows it can take anywhere from a few months to a few years to fully recover from a bear market. Um, however, it depends on the underlying reasons for the bear market and how long it takes for those underlying conditions to improve. And it'll certainly take longer, you know, if the damage to the economy is more severe. I mean, that's obvious. There's no doubt about that. You know, during most recessions, though, in bear markets, it does take about two years from the bottom for markets to get all the way back up to new highs. However, there is nothing about this bear market which is normal. And, you know, we've had a very strong economy just two months ago. Yeah, if you look at the the last bear market going back to 2008 and 2009, markets recovered. Um, they recovered back much of the drop in only a few months from the bottom. In fact, from the bottom on uh, March the 9th of 2009, stocks returned about 44% in only 90 days from the bottom. And while that is only about half of the full recovery from the bottom of that really, really deep bear market, um, you know, that's still a large portion of the recovery in only three months. I was looking back at, at that, that particular bear market. Uh, that was certainly a, a very protracted and deep bear market. It lasted about a year and a half um, from the top down to the bottom. And so if we've already hit the bottom in this bear market in a remarkable one and a half months, um, you know, from the last new high back in mid-February, you have to believe it's going to recover faster. But I think it does depend, like you said, on the, the health <clears throat> of businesses and, and consumers, and that's where the stimulus plan was so very important. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, we're going to have to see kind of when we come out of this. You know, a lot depends on how deep the damage goes in the economy. And I heard one economist this past week um, describe it, you know, that the economy has sort of been put into a medically induced coma. <laughs> you know, I thought that was a good, good, uh, yeah. good description of it. You know, if the economy comes out of that coma with minimal damage to the vital organs, then it might fire back up really quickly. But, you know, if when it's brought back out of that coma, if there appears to be significant damage, then we're going to have to go on some physical therapy, you know, <laughs> and as we all know, that that takes some time. Um, you know, I think one of the telltale signs of the damage, though, will be the number and the extent of company failures coming out of the shutdown. Um, you know, if we can get through this next month without widespread failures of corporations, particularly big corporations, then I think the prognosis is going to be much better for the economy once once we wake up. You know, if corporate America suffers some serious failures under this coma, then it's obviously going to require some significant healing. Of course, you know, I mean, no one's quite sure of the health of corporate America to endure this kind of shutdown. 
But I think it's a good sign that we were so healthy only two months ago. Mm-hmm. And that should go a long way to cre- increasing our odds for a quick recovery coming out of this. And, you know, we do have you do see a lot of failures in any recession, um, corporate failures. Um, so it's just a matter of how widespread they are and how big they are. But there's always a lot of small businesses, there's always a lot of corporations that fail in any recession. So that part of it, you know, is somewhat predictable. But meanwhile, we're going to have to be patient. We're going to have to recognize that even if this does get worse, markets have always recovered from bear markets over time and have gone on to new highs. And history has proven that you're better off riding through whatever the markets give you um, through this so you don't miss out on that quick rebound that you just described um, that usually starts unexpectedly and at the beginning of a recovery when things still feel bad. Yes, right. So uh, anyway, there's a, there's a little perspective on what might be ahead for the markets. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah, this question has to do with uh, withdrawing money during this time. And it says, my wife and I have been at home for about a month and we're being very cautious, not going out, not spending any money. Uh, I'm withdrawing money from uh, my IRA on a monthly basis and uh, we really don't need it as we're not spending anything. So should I stop the withdrawals? And I think, yeah, in general, yeah, I think being conservative, you could stop them for a couple of months. I mean, if you're just taking it out and putting it in cash, um, then as long as you have your emergency fund where it needs to be, then you could stop, leave it alone, keep it in there. Uh, RMDs are waived for 2020. So yeah, I think it would you know be conservative to turn it off for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't need it, um, you know, you're taking money out of the markets when markets are down. So that's, the opposite of putting it in. So you, we know that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> it's a good one. Not a good thing to do when markets yeah. are down. So, But there's yeah. you can still, I mean, like our process, we would be pulling it out of cash or bonds. Right. But still, right. I mean, if you don't right. need it, leave it in there and let the, let, it, let the markets recover and, and do their thing. Yeah, it's not. I mean, you know, your portfolios are designed to withstand that if you're taking out a reasonable number, you know, 4% a year or something like that. So, um, so it's not going to be catastrophic to your portfolios. Having said that, Always better if you can leave it in when markets are yep. are down, give yourself a little more cushion. So good question of the week. And that leads us up here to our next topic. And that is, um, what do you do if you're out of work, John, in the midst of this, uh, you know, coronavirus? Well, besides playing golf, right? Well, that's a great thing to do. Cleaning Take, out your closets and Yeah, get home. your get your mind off of, you know, the negatives out there. Yeah, this is more of a financial discussion. And, uh, man, I tell you, this has really flooded our, our social media. And this comes from the Ramsey organization, by the way. Um, it's on the nightly news. It's in some of our communities. <clears throat> you know, our healthcare workers are in the middle of it. It's really created a mass hi- uh, hysteria and panic across the, the globe. And um, But if you're looking for panic here, you won't find it. I mean, we, we haven't lost our hope. I mean, I think that's one of the one of our roles with our, our clients and, and people that are surround us is some, you know, encouragement and some, you know, give them some reality associated with what's going on. We can't predict the future, but um, certainly we're going to, we're going to get through this and emotions are running very high uh, around the coronavirus and a lot of uncertainty, but uh, you don't need to li- live in fear. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line is don't live in fear. And there's processes. We've been through these things before, and certainly the virus has impacted us all, um, whether someone is sick that you know or, you know, there's a lot of anxiety in the news, people out of work and so forth uh, without a paycheck. And so we're all feeling it in some way. And, and um, as we saw in the financial fact, I mean, Dave's stats show about 78% of Americans live in paycheck to paycheck. So it's easy to see why the loss of even one paycheck um, could be you know devastating. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the question is, will you miss, you know, a paycheck due to the coronavirus? I mean, it's no secret that things are shutting down all across the world. And if your workplace has closed its doors and isn't uh, isn't paying you anymore, then it's time for you to calmly regroup, get some things in order, spend some time to, you know, look at the recent stimulus bill that just came out, the CARES Act. Um, because there's a lot in there that can help, you know, from the one-time $1,200 payments to the enhanced unemployment benefits um, to the forgiveness, forgivable business loans. There's a lot of available resources out there to get you through this. Um, so you want to you wanna take a look at that. Um, however, there's some other things you can do as well on a personal basis. Yeah, the first one here, Steve, is, is a budget. I mean, you know, if you're not already living on a budget, the time is now to do this. And making a monthly budget will show you exactly where your money's going. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's black and white, you know, at this point you may not have any income coming in. So it's just what the, what is the outgo, but it's going to help you make decisions, um, on where you can cut back and save on money. So spend some time, you've got some extra time now, look at your budget, make sure you understand that. And, uh, you know, when, when things get really rough, um, for a lot of folks out there, like it is right now, you need to focus on the things that really help you to survive. And, and, uh, Dave's organization calls them the four walls. Right. So these are the most yep. important things to, to, to get through. Forget the student loan payment. Forget the vet bill, the cell phone bill. Uh, the four walls are your priority. I mean, so these are the things that if you're in crisis mode, you got to take care of and you need food. You've got to have utilities. You've yep. got to have shelter and transportation. And if you can protect those four, you're going to be OK. You're going to live. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's I important. mean. These are the f- these are the basic things you need to keep going so that you can live to fight another day. And, you know, it's really hard to fight when your family doesn't have food, right, or shelter or, you know, and you're out in the cold. So um, so you can't let that happen. So, you know, um, so if there's no food, food in the fridge, you know, you, you simply don't pay your cable bill, right, or your credit cards. Um, you know, those fall further down the list. So you got to prioritize things. And these are your four top priorities. You know, if there's any money left over after you take care of the four walls, your food, shelter, your food, shelter, utilities and transportation, after you take care of those things, um, you know, if there's money left over, then you can go down the list of what's important. Um, But when you run out of money, you know, that's it. You know, someone on the list isn't getting paid and that's just how it goes. But, you know, be be sure as heck that, you you know, you you, you're not going to go. Um, to the checkout lady at the grocery store and not have any money. Um, yeah. So, you know, you got to pay that one first. So <laughs> remember that, you know, taking care of those four walls are your priority number one. Yeah, and if you're renting and having trouble coming up with cash right now, um, reach out to your, your landlord. Be honest with them. I mean, we're all in this. We see everyone is going through this. And so be up front with them and and uh, talk with them and see if you can work out a plan. And um, another thing is, is if you're paying debt, obviously you want to, like, protect your cash. You need to stop your debt snowball right now, build up cash. If you do have money coming in, those, those checks from the government, $1,200 per person, um, you know, is going to be coming in probably next week. And so that's going to provide some relief. Unemployment I know is overwhelmed. That's going to be a big deal for a lot of people, 1200 bucks a month plus $600 additional per week. So we're talking about over, you know, $3,000 for some folks. So pause your debt snowball, try to build up cash to get through this window. 
Yeah, you got to build up some reserves for sure. And, you know, another thing you can do, John, is sell some stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, golf I, clubs, right? I love that. We're not selling golf clubs, John. You know, probably wouldn't be a good market for right now, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, get radical, you know? I mean, and, and no, you don't want to go selling, you know, hand sanitizer on eBay for $50 a bottle. We're not talking about that kind of stuff. Toilet paper's okay. You know? <laughs> Toilet paper, maybe. Yeah. You know, but this is the time when you got to sell stuff to bring in some extra cash. And so maybe you have, you know, that maybe that's old jewelry that you have. You're not using or clothes or baby items, you know, um, you know, even extra, you know, car sitting in your garage. Um, you know, in fact, I talked to a client this week, you know, and he was thinking about selling a boat and then he's determined that that's probably not going to sell well in this environment, but he could sell a car. He's going to sell a truck. So mm -hmm. he's going to sell one of his trucks. And I think that's a great yeah, idea, good. you know, it's a good thing, good move to make. And those do sell really well. So, you know, if you know that you can part with something and get the extra cash that you need in your hands, then just do it. You know, I mean, you know, do it within reason anyway, but yeah. look and see what you can sell. That's a, that's sometimes that's a great way to, to get a lot of cash that you can pay off credit cards and get out from under, in a out of a bond. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And another one here is uh, get a temporary job or side hustle. I mean, you know, if you're not receiving a paycheck, your business has been shut down. I mean, that's a real thing, but don't, don't freak out about it. There are people that are hiring, you know, you've got Amazon um, that's doing a lot of deliveries, um, takeout food, Uber Eats, is doing a lot of that. Walmart's doing, people are, are d buying groceries and they're yep. being delivered out there. So there are some ways that you can, um, you can earn some income. Think about in your neighborhood, maybe cutting grass, picking up leaves, maybe babysitting, um, dog walking. So you got to be careful with some of these, uh, obviously with, with the, uh, you know, the rules in place right now, but look for opportunities. A lot of people are, uh, you know, are delivering things and the deliveries are doing very well, right? Amazon's, you know, it has yeah, not been impacted as much, but um, there are some ways that you can, um, you know, get some additional income. Yeah, that's right. And look for things to cut. You know, I mean, this is a time to cut back on any unnecessary expenses that you can, you can trim. Um, so tighten it up, you know, stop or pause your subscriptions and those memberships that you're not using, you know, think, you know, Netflix, Hulu, meal delivery kits, specialty, you know, uh, makeup boxes. I don't know. You know, I mean, there's just so many things. <laughs> I guess that's not mine. I don't know what that is. Never heard of that. I never heard of that either. But, <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, memberships come to mind, you know. I mean, yeah. obviously you don't need the gym membership because yeah. they're closed. And, you know, just maybe you don't need it for a long while. Um you know, I mean, there are going to be things that are out there that you can cut that you've got subscriptions for, and they aren't going anywhere. I mean, you can easily pick them back up once everything blows over and you have extra cash to spend again. So, um, you know, and don't forget, I mean, call your cable, your Internet, your self-providers to see if there's anything that, that they'll do um, that can work with you to help during this time. You know, they might... They might give it to you free a while. They might be to cut you back. I saw an article about, I think it was Allstate and um, maybe State Farm are actually giving rebates to customers because they're not driving. Yeah, I, I mean, that's great. You know, they're not, you know, not doing, they're going to give back like hundreds of millions of dollars. It was, it was pretty cool. I wow, like that. That is pretty cool. Yeah. That's really, that's a stand up thing for a company to yep, do yep. during this time. But, but yeah, be honest, be open and let them know your situation. You'll, you'll, 
You'll never know if you don't ask. And since you already have them on the line, you know, go ahead and downgrade or pause your service for now. You know, none of these things are going to fall into the four walls that you're trying to protect. So remember that. Yeah, we all know that, um, you know, these sacrifices can uh, feel like, you know, you're adding insult to injury when you're already hurting, going through a difficult time. But just remember, this is not forever. We're going to get through this, um, making some temporary sacrifices to get through this storm and back on your feet again. It's a small window, and you will be better because of this as you go through this. And the final thing you can do is um, connect with a church or a local community group. Um, there are some assistant uh, assistance programs out there in, in many churches. You can reach out to them. I know the church I go to does provide assistance in, in cases, and there's some other nonprofit organizations that can help you get through this as well. So as always, I mean, if you're struggling, reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to sit down with you and give you some ideas and look at your situation uh, as well. But um, hang hang tight. You know, this this too will change. The uh, stimulus plan is starting to kick in. It's it's kind of getting, you know, wound up here a right, little bit. So, right, um, right. There it's is some help on the way. Probably another week. Those yep. checks will be going out. Yep. So, um, yeah, so hang in there and, um, you know, but but do some budgeting. Protect those four walls that we talked about. Make sure that you're taking care of your priorities and you know where your money's going. So, Good topic. All right. And that leads up to our final thing here, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah. So if you are having trouble paying your bills, reach out to the vendor, uh, credit card companies, mortgage companies, rental companies. I mean, we're all feeling the pain. Everybody out there understands uh, where you are. And in most cases, they will work with you uh, on delaying some of these. I know there's uh, the mortgage, if it's federally backed mortgage, um, they're basically going to take three months and put it on the back end of the mortgage and not require any payment. So yeah, uh, probably going to take you time to get through because there's millions of people trying to call and get this done. But um, I think most people are sympathetic in this situation. This feels different than 2008 where uh, a lot of you know companies didn't work and didn't care, but I th- it feels different this time. So make those phone calls, try to get some, uh, some relief. Um, unemployment's going to be a huge benefit. That's going to take a couple of weeks to get into your pocket. Um, so just hang hang tight and do do what you can do. Yeah, that's right. I think <clears throat> they're more willing to work with you than you might think. You know, I think, uh, um, you know, there's been a lot of local actions to give forbearance to, you know, to loans and that kind of thing. So it, check out there, you know, give them a call, see what they're willing to work with you on. You may be surprised how much they're willing to to give you a break on that. So, okay, well, that's been this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net, and link to us there. You can send us your questions or give us a call at Richard Young Associates, 706 739 0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Stay safe. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.